0: You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. You're my true hero, Isaac Harris. <laughs> Luka Doncic, the rookie of the
1: year. Man, in a landslide.
0: Trey Young got two first place votes. That's not even a landslide. Like... That's an avalanche that's that's John snow spoilers that's Jon Snow at the Battle of the bastards if the veil didn't show up right like that's what that is that's just a that's a slaughter like that's a you didn't even show up for work this morning you know i just I just think it's so
1: funny how so many people tried to create this narrative and Hawks fans um, are loud man. Well, I think it got bigger than Hawks fans. There was different media, different people that was really trying to just create this narrative after Trey had his, you know, 20 good games or whatever. And, you know, it, it hit national stages, hit some talk shows that all oh, this. And even, you know, over the past you know month or so, this should be co-MVP. You saw different graphics of, you know, is who's going to win the award and stuff and, you you know, yeah, we're a Mavs podcast, but we've been saying all along, this isn't even going to be close. Like, this yeah. isn't, it shouldn't be close. And I just love the dissatisfaction the of when I saw Tim McMahon, Tim McMahon was the first person I, was, I seen it tweeted out and said, you know, Luca received 98 first place votes and Trey Young received two. Um, yeah, I don't know how you We know one of them.
0: That. One of them was Royce Young. I don't know who the other one is yet. So,
1: well, what's crazy is somebody left Trey Young completely off their ballot. And that's remarkable that I I get if you want to, you know, argue yeah, that doesn't the, make any sense. The Luca trade thing, but the fact that there uh, there's one person in there that didn't even give him second or third vote of rookie, uh, that's interesting.
0: Isaac, like, before we move on, someone voted LeBron 5th for MVP. Oh my god. <laughs> Rudy Get Gobert honored. also got a fifth-place vote. Um, <laughs> why? Does Brian windhorse have a vote? Russell Westbrook got two fourth-place votes and two fifth-place votes. Wow. Huh.
1: What are we Who doing? came in fourth? Jokic. Nice! Cool. That's, I'm happy for him. Where yeah, did Steph fall? Fifth. Okay. Okay. Steph fell fifth. Pretty close. Yeah, we're, we're obviously recording this right after the award show... Some of these. Uh, well, I just we just got on watching uh, Giannis's MVP MVP speech, um, wiping the which, tears
0: from our eyes and collecting all of the dust in the room and getting rid of it. G-
1: great crying moments over the past five there days it really the NBA. Has been. NBA draft uh, tonight. I mean, I haven't gotten like misty-eyed uh, watching. Oh my gosh, Robin Roberts, sign me up. Like I. That whole that whole thing with Robin Roberts was amazing. Uh, the Bradley Bill stuff was awesome. Oh, yeah. Giannis' speech was awesome. I love the Nike thing with Giannis right after he won the award. Luca's speech happened. <laughs> Luca's speech happened. Okay, <laughs> take what what was the guy's name? Is it Hassan? Hassan? Hassan Minaj. Hassan. Okay, take Hassan out. Did you laugh at
0: all? Uh, I laughed when Shaq was rubbing Barkley's head. Okay. I laughed when, nope, that was it. (laughs) I I don't understand. I
1: I love Shaq and Barkley and that TNT crew together on inside the NBA. It's so, it's so much fun during the season. I don't know if they thought that Shaq was just going to like run that same type of feel by himself, but I mean, my opinion, it didn't work at all. I didn't, just, I, I didn't like they it. They
0: need to do the whole TNT crew hosting. Ernie yeah. is the is the run is the play-by-play play guy, right? And you just have the three guys making jokes and you know, they need to have that as the host. Or just make Hassan Minaj the host, but it has to be not on TNT because he destroyed them.
1: He destroyed everyone. <laughs> I think his first one was the Harden joke and I was like, "Whoa! That was oh, sweet. This true. is what we've been waiting for." I mean, and then he just kept going with jokes. The, and I'm like, "Oh, the man." The thing is though, is that's it. a
0: that's a stand-up comedian. That's a professional comedian. And not yeah. an NBA player or an actor. That's what, yeah. that's what you need to have hosting these. That's why they always have like Kimmel and Colbert, Colbert and Seth Meyers doing these. Is it is it bad that I would prefer them shake this
1: whole thing up than shake up the timing of it? Like I, I do want it. I don't want it right now because it feels like the season's already over. Yeah. But it if needs I had to, to pick before. one.
0: It needs to happen before.
1: Yeah, it, well, if I had to pick one of the two, like Shaq hosting, I thought it was horrible. I was I was not here for the Baron Davis stuff. What? Yeah, like, that's gonna be a show. I don't know. I like, there's just so much stuff that I just didn't get. I didn't laugh. I didn't anything. But then there was like awesome moments with Robin Roberts and some of the speeches and, um, yeah, it was just I don't know. I had mixed feelings watching the whole dang thing. And but from a mass perspective, I'm super super happy for Luca. And uh, his family and Mav's people there. His girl. And and all that stuff. Yes, his girlfriend, his mom. (laughs) um, I think there might have been somebody else there too.
0: His coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a whole table there. So I was super happy for him. Him and Trey had a moment where they kind of embraced before he went up on the stage. And I'd heard a rumor that Luca, you know, whispered and said too bad. But no, I'm just kidding. That's that's false. It's false. He
0: said, suck it. I love how you tweeted that out today. <laughs> Should we talk about it? What? Himalaya? We did it! We did it! Everyone, we did it. We passed Locked On NBA on Himalaya, the new podcast app. We, we passed it in followers. We are now the most popular Locked On podcast on the Himalaya app. More popular than all the NFL shows, all the MLB shows, all the NBA shows. Some of these shows get like three times the downloads that we get, but we have more followers. and That's all that matters. <laughs> I know
1: we haven't talked to David Locke about this, but I know if he looks at this, he's probably like, "What in the world do you guys come from? Like, you're not even in the playoffs."
0: <laughs> Shouts to everyone that followed us in Himalaya. Uh, it's awesome. We did it. I appreciate it. This is a Himalaya actually did you know uh, purchase some advertising space and they we they had us. Uh, mention it on every single podcast and so that's what we've been doing that's why we've been pushing this and i thought it was a good way to incentivize people and we did it so congrats that looks really good for us and so any big opportunities coming up later that will uh only help us more to grow this podcast and honestly the more we grow this podcast the more we're going to do things like we did yesterday and if you haven't listened to yesterday's two shows we did two podcasts yesterday one of them was our free agent hierarchy where we went through and basically ranked the free agents with all things considered contracts injuries You know, length of contract, age, all that stuff. We ranked them all. You can go listen to that show. And then we also, Isaac, had a great get. We always say these are the few guys that you want to listen to about Mavs rumors. Mark Stein, McMahon, obviously Woj, and then Brad Townsend. And we got Brad Townsend on the show. And so we had Brad Brad Townsend. He talked about everybody. We're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, after we take a break. But he talked about Tobias Harris, Patrick Beverly, Brogdon. He talked about um, D'Angelo Russell. He talked about everybody. So we will uh, – he talked about Porzingis too. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that interview. But if you haven't, go back and listen to it, especially if you missed it. Uh, it was great stuff on there. So go listen to Brad Townsend. And uh, the more you guys support us, the more we're going to be able to do stuff like that and the more we're going to want to put into this show. You guys have uh, – we've grown this show so much that it's – I mean, like it's paying our rent (laughs) at at times, which is amazing. Like I, in my wildest dreams, never thought that that would happen uh, with a, with a podcast like this. And uh, it's been amazing. So uh, this was just, this was kind of a small thing, but it really made me think in bigger terms to say, man, this has really become something that we didn't envision. We're always in the top five in, in downloads and listens in the lockdown network uh, as far as the NBA. The team didn't make the playoffs. I mean, this is not, you know, they're not in the, ma- the biggest market. I mean, it is a pretty big market, but it's it's a football state, right? It's a football town. Like, they have the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, and this is the Dallas Mavericks, and we have one of the most popular podcasts. So, uh, And it is the most popular Dallas Mavericks podcast. We can say that unequivocally.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially because we're daily. I mean, we're Monday through Friday, and we do weekend pods. And um, because of your support, we've got we've been able to get a lot of cool people on this pod over the past couple of years, from Mark Cuban to. Tony Ronzoni, these people in yeah. the front office that's making these decisions, and Harrison Brad Barnes. Townsend, yeah, and then players, yeah, Harrison Barnes, and uh, guys across the board from summer league guys to guys that's playing in the games on a nightly basis. So it's been uh, it's been super fun, and man, this uh, this next week is going to be even more fun.
0: We're very excited. So I just wanted to take that minute to just thank all of you. Uh, It was a little way in the Himalaya app, but it shows us that we really do have your support. And if we want to push for something, that we can make it happen. And so I just, uh, man, you're the true hero. You're my true hero, guys. The Raccoon Squad. I just wanted to thank you. So, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the awards show. I have a couple other things I want to talk about. And then we'll get into the Brad Townsend interview. All right, Isaac. So, the NBA Awards, they happened um, they should have happened months ago because the se- they've shown highlights from the season, and I was like, "Why aren't these playoff highlights?" Oh yeah, <laughs> none of this has to do with the playoffs. Europe swept the big three awards: MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, as well as Most Improved. The only American player that won an award, uh, beside like the the voted on awards, was uh, was uh, Lou Williams, and Demontis Sabonis was up for. <laughs> one of those awards too. Is this the European invasion, the European takeover, as the podcast, I think, that best represents the European basketball player in Lockdown Mavs? I feel like uh, we have to appreciate this and love this.
1: Heck yeah. I mean, You could even take it a step further and say international year and say, hey, the Larry O'Brien trophy's in Canada, Canada right yeah. now. So uh, that all of that is so much fun. It's so cool to look at that and say, Look how much the game has grown and expanded over the years. And it's just a testament to that of these major awards uh, from MVP on down to rookie of the year. And I mean, now, now more than ever, if you legit set, you know, set up a game and said, Hey, we're going to have all international play, you know, the best top 12 international players versus the top 12, um, you know, American born players. That would be a heck of a game to watch. That would be so much fun. They
0: started it in the rookie sophomore game, and now it could almost legitimately be a conversation in the the MV, like the all star game.
1: Yes, and that that would be. I mean, it's just it's it's just cool seeing how the game has grown. I texted my dad uh, the picture of Giannis and uh, Kareem, you know, before that was circulating around, and I texted it to him. And I said, "This is just crazy because." You know, Kareem's obviously he's hunched over just a little bit, but they're around the same height. Yeah, it's just crazy how the game has you know evolved over the years because you obviously have Kareem and the skyhook and this traditional center and top five player of all time, and now you have Giannis at basically the same height, running point guard, and you know, the ball's in his hands, just doing crazy things. It, it's it's really cool to
0: see, it's great, and uh, man, I just thought that that was so cool. Uh, I saw Tim McMahon tweet that out, so I wanted to, to credit him. Again, Luca won first place votes, ninety-eight out of a hundred. So only yeah. two people: Royce Young and somebody else that we don't know yet. Tweet me if you know who the other person is besides Royce Young that voted for. I think uh, it
1: comes out on Monday.
0: Oh, the so actual th- people? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that's going to get fun.
0: That's when you get to get, call people out. You get to find out who voted for LeBron for fifth.
1: Have we checked on uh, Rashad, uh, Rashad Phillips yet? That is, uh, <laughs> Last I mean, time we
0: checked on him, he was diagramming football. Plays for the uh, the Atlanta Hawks, so I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Literally, go to his Twitter and he—that's what he was doing the other day during the draft. So,
1: I like Trey Young too, and I. Oh, it, it, it's it kind of sucks that he's becoming the target of of all this stuff, but
0: it's nothing I still, against Trey Young.
1: Yeah, for him as a player, he's super fun to watch. And as a dude, he seems a really cool guy. But he did seem like he was coming out with some very strong statements leading up to the ward of, I deserve it over Luka and all this stuff. Okay, cool, bro. Well, you didn't get it. So, I thought sorry.
0: he was trying to play the, you know, I believe in myself kind of card. Like that whole, you have to no, no, believe I- that you are... Best I get that the at world. the
1: beginning of a season, trying to give yourself confidence, saying yes, I, I, I can win Rookie of the Year this year. You know, I'm gonna show blah blah. I get that, but when the season's already over and then you're still saying, yeah, I should get the award, all stuff. You, I don't know what you, you really getting more confidence by that. I, I don't mean, know if he
0: doesn't believe he can win, then why even show up? Which is what Harden did, basically, right? Well, there's way <laughs>
1: true. There's ways <laughs> around that question to where you can answer it, be confident, and not come across. But
0: anyway, who cares? Luca won. <laughs> so. My biggest question (sighs) coming away from the NBA awards. Why did Shaq host? Why did Rick Carlisle tell Larry Bird to not coach the Indiana Pacers? Come on. Do you think Rick enjoys this? I I thought that I thought I couldn't remember it, how it, how it actually worked like the, uh, the timeline. But I wondered if he was going to say, he told me to not do it. And then Rick Carlisle got the job for the Pacers. But I think it was a little bit later. (laughs)
1: No, I joke. Rick obviously enjoys this or else he wouldn't be doing this because, I mean, he doesn't have to do it. But, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah it was super cool to see Larry uh, give him that that shout out uh, that was during fun. his super long monologue. <laughs> that was kind of long. That was Bird. her
0: speech. He was, giving, he was given an award for, you know, Lifetime Achievement. Come on. Yeah, yeah. They played like a three-minute video montage of – that was actually really cool, by the way. Magic. Bird. Bird. Magic. Magic. Bird. Also – We uh yeah we got the uh, Lockdown Mavs intro song from Andy Minio in there. Andy Minio in the house tonight. Also, by the way, that song was Isaac's idea, not mine. So if anyone's like, you put the magic song in your in your Lockdown, no, it was Isaac's idea.
1: (laughs) I love Andy Minio, and that song's really cool. So uh, yeah. Anyway, say it
0: with me, (laughs) Minio.
1: Okay, great. What was the second award after Rookie of the Year? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Sixth man. Was it sixth man? Was it the Bradley Beal? Well, I meant like just the major awards. I, it might have been most improved.
0: Most improved is Siakam.
1: Yeah, super deserving. I really like that D'Angelo Russell came in second over Fox. Yeah. I was just really sickler about that. I thought Russell should have been getting a lot more love than he should. Siakam still ran away at the award. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad that Russell came in second in that.
0: And it's crazy that Siakam won that award and we voted on it at the end of the year. And... Yeah, he seemed to have improved even more during the playoffs. I mean, it just kind of validated it. Um, also, I wanted to know this question, and you'll you'll appreciate this. In that acceptance speech, did Larry Bird throw coaching slash his front office job success in Magic Johnson's face while he was doing his speech? Uh-huh. Because he talked about coaching, he talked about going into coaching, and Magic Johnson was a failed coach for a year. He talked about front office. He talked about being in the front office and how magic was staying around a little bit too long. I felt like he was trying to throw some shade at magic.
1: Oh, I'm all here for that. I know Sign you me are. Up.
0: Did you think huh, it I'm was, a... he was doing that though?
1: No, I didn't get a sense of that. Okay. I, wish, though. Was I little, wish I would have thought
0: little that. Little wink, wink Larry Bird way of, cause he, you gotta hey. know that guy's competitive
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. And they're competitive with each other's also. Um,
0: <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs>
1: on the basketball court and all of that. Um, Royce Young volunteered that he was the guy that voted uh, for Trey Young over Luca when he quote tweeted uh, Tim McMahon. Do you think that Royce Young is also the guy who gave Dennis Schroeder a first place vote (laughs) for six men? Because somebody gave him a first place vote. And who is this? Oh, man. Couldn't tell you. Have no idea. Uh, I'm ready to see who that person is on Monday.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm honestly like refreshing the uh, NBA PR Twitter account to see if they'll post the link.
1: Um, then so that was uh, that was six man most improve. Oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah, six man was Lou Williams. Um, love what him and Harold did off the bench this year. I mean, obviously that was there was no surprises to it. I tweet. I literally tweeted this out a few weeks ago. I'm like, what. Is there anything outside? Like, I feel like all the awards were locks, yeah. And everybody was a lock on it. That would have, what? Okay, let me just word it this way. Which award do you think was the most up in the air in your opinion? That that you knew was like who the winner was going to be, but if it was somebody else, you would be the least surprised about MVP. No, I thought Giannis had it in a bag.
0: See, but but that's the thing. You just said that we know that they have it in the bag, but that's true. So yeah. I guess most improved.
1: I guess it would be most improved. Defensive
0: player of the year? Because
1: I thought, yeah, I I would go with most improved because I really, really think D'Angelo Russell had a heck of a case for himself.
0: I don't think the voting was as close as it was for MVP, but.
1: Yeah, that's true. Wait, was Harden close? I didn't see that.
0: I think think Giannis had like 900-something points, and then Harden had like 700, which is really close in the MVP voting.
1: Okay, okay. Um, Which Harden had an incredible season, too, so coach of the year i didn't see the final results on that but bud deserved that cool yeah but there's a lot of good coaches in the league we were talking
0: okay about. yeah so basically harden and uh Giannis got almost all the first and second they got all the first and second place votes okay there's actually 101 votes interesting yeah hmm. that's kind of weird yeah because there's 78 first place votes for Giannis and 23 second place votes right yeah 101 um, 101 dalmatians 101 votes i don't have
1: anything else on this award show That's it. I w- That's had I a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings on it congrats is it like the bow on the season it should be before this moment it's the, in the NBA season.
0: okay the award show is the bow but you put it underneath the box like you wrapped it and then you put the bow on the underneath it and then you set it down on top of the bow it just doesn't make any sense like why would you well, put it bow? yeah well, I feel like it's
1: the present that you open on Christmas morning, and then they're like, "Oh crap! You're supposed to open that in front of grandma. Rewrap it. Put the bow back on it. Now you're gonna r- unwrap it again. And like, we've already like the season's done. Like you already got the toy out, and you already been playing with it. Why are we gonna like try to do this all over again? This is dumb." Anyway, I am sounding like an old man. Get off my lawn at this point. No,
0: it. get. I'll, I will get off your lawn, Isaac. <laughs> also, but I love the idea we, of the yes, award show. Yes, we Super love. Fun. I've been, I've been pining for an award show like this, like ever since I started watching the game. I was like, they should do the same thing they do for the Oscars for the NBA. That would be so awesome. And I still think it's awesome. I, I like it. Yeah. I like the award show. I like the yes, idea. Man. I like seeing all the people. I loved seeing Samuel L. Jackson, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson on the same stage. That was just so weird. But I loved it. I loved the Minaj getting to throw jokes at them. I love yes. seeing like Shaq and Barkley. I love seeing random people at the same table. I love seeing D'Angelo Russell and Sabonis at the same table. Oh I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. That was great. Oh. oh I love yeah. all that stuff. But uh but yeah, it needs to be it needs to be between the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, somebody tweeted at me, they said it should be like the uh the opening thing from the Hunger Games where they do the <laughs> Oh, like the, the pre Hunger Games celebration. It's from Nigel. Uh, he said it'd be like the pre Hunger Games celebration. You remember before the Hunger Games where they have that big like feast thing, where oh, they're, yeah, all, yeah. they're all dressed up in crazy stuff and <laughs> showing them off and everything. That's what it yes. should be, like gearing up for it. It would be hard to get playoff teams to try and to, to try and go, but if you made enough days between the you know the playoffs and the regular season, then I think we could do it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh let's talk about let's start talking about this Brad Townsend thing.
1: Right after the break.
0: No, right Just now. Kidding. So we talked about Brad Townsend. Uh, we did an interview with him yesterday. So go listen to that. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Things that stuck out to me. The first thing I didn't know he covered the Spurs first.
1: Yeah, Spurs. Then to what Houston and. I mean he's he's literally I mean he was around a, I mean good what 6 or 7 years before Cuban even bought the team.
0: Yeah, that's pretty before. crazy. And then he came in right away covering the maps.
1: Yeah, and before Dirk came along, he like he came in to what a beat uh,
0: what a beat covering the maps before Dirk.
1: I know. I mean, it's just can you imagine it's it would be kind of like us in like 30 years saying that we, we covered, covered the maps before Luka. Yeah. <laughs> or like You imagine thirty years from now, I covered the Mavs when Dirk was there.
0: You guys had a podcast. Those are so old, (laughs) like like how Brad does had like covered for the newspaper.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And it's like you covered
0: Dirk. (laughs) What? True. You guys, you guys talked to Dirk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's super cool.
0: So good things can come from San Antonio. Apparently, that's the only reason why I brought that up. I wanted to make that joke. Okay, so Isaac had to just run out of the room for an undisclosed reason that he didn't tell me. Um, I'm assuming it had to do with fecal matter and his child, but we'll find out. Um, So I thought it was interesting that Brad Townsend brought up Tobias Harris without you even saying anything. So to me, it kind of felt like, hey, wait, that's a name that we need to talk about. And he's hearing things from teams. And how great was it to talk to somebody that actually knew things? By
1: the way, yeah, oh, for sure. And Brad, man, Brad was so cool to uh, to do this. W- was this had actually been in works for a while, and then we're like, hey, let's just push it off to a free agency, and uh, when it'd be super fun to talk about. It. And Brad's one of the most respected dudes, and has been super, super nice and gracious, and a real uh, to chill us.
0: guy. Like, not a guy that takes yes seriously, like all that kind of stuff. And you, you gotta love that.
1: Yes, and a joy to see every time you go to a yes. Mavs game. But um, yeah, I mean, my question. You know, was obviously, you know, I, the only heads up I gave him, I said, hey, we're just going to hit all the free agent topics. I'm pretty, I'm going to kind of just go player by player. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm done. And. You know the question. If you if you listen yesterday, the question was, you know, what are some of the names if they split up the money? What are some of the names that they could you know split up the money for? And that's when he had brought it. After we had talked about Kemba and Horford and stuff, that's when he brought it. It was like he was waiting to talk about Tobias. He's like, well, we haven't even talked about this guy, and he's the wild card. And he brought up Tobias Harris. And yeah, I mean, I, I did take note of that. I mean, you, you could hear me in the background. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because, you know, we've talked about him some of this pod, he, you know, we just talked about him a few days ago because he was on that, I guess, I think it was Bleacher Report, right? Was it Bleacher Report? The video he was on? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he mm-hmm. he was talking about the style of play and how that would be a huge thing in free agency and how we talked about how Dallas uh, kind of fits that description that he was describing. And, you know, Brad bringing that up. And I, I love the point that Brad brought up of saying, hey, when he's talked to Mavs people of if they have a preference of someone that they want to max out if take names out of it and they're you're describing the player that you would like to throw max money at it's a wing who could play the three and the four instead of a big or a point guard or something like that but you we don't know what they're going to do but if that was their preference that was that could be it so yeah i did i did find it notable that he brought up tobias kind of on his own
0: so that's definitely a name that we should watch out for and with the howard beck you know, kind of report, kind of just hearing like rumbling that he, the, the Sixers are going to lose one of those guys that that could be something. So we,
1: uh and, and before some, some people are like, why would he leave Philly if they're putting the max on the table? Did go back and watch some of Philly after they got him, yes. his numbers went down a decent amount all across the board. When he got there, he became just a, uh, just kind of a spot-up shooter. There were times where he was just in the in, in the corner at times just saying, "Hey, just you know, stand there and shoot, you know, shoot an open 3." And that's just not who Tobias, you know, what he was used to. I mean, he was in for the Clippers averaging pretty much 20 21 points a game, shooting 43% from 3 uh when he was with the Clippers, and then he gets traded and, you know, he goes down to shooting 32% from 3 and 18, you know, a game in Philly, still fine, but I think I think it's notable that I think it was the playoff game in which Embiid went down and was hurt, or he didn't play in. That Tobias had a big game; he had like thirty points and you know all that stuff. So like, if you're Tobias, you could honestly be looking at the situation and saying man, do I want to stay here and be the third, you know, the fourth wheel possibly and just stand in the corner or could I go to a team like Utah or Dallas or a new Orleans or whoever it is and get up and run and shoot a lot of threes and maybe have an expanded role in the offense. And so, uh, yeah, I, Brad bringing that up, definitely raises my eyebrows and there's something to watch uh, come next week.
0: For sure. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was, um, he, gave a, he said Porzingis should play four on offense and five on defense. That's kind of what the Mavs kind of feel. How do you think that changes some of the – does that change any of the players that we might have been thinking about, even in our hierarchy yesterday?
1: When I first heard that, I immediately thought of Dwight Powell in the sense of how they have their roles defined, how Carlisle likes to define his four and five spots. I immediately think of offense – you know, their four spot being a stretch four, and that like Dirk roll, and I immediately think of that five spot being a rim rolling guy like uh, like Dwight Powell. So on defense, then yeah, it's the swapping of Porzingis to the five because I think they believe that you know Dwight pa- Dwight Powell can is quick enough that can he can guard some of the you know some of or a lot of the fours in the league you know, better than you know KP. So that's immediately what I thought of. That if that's the case, they might be comfortable with rolling with Dwight Powell's. They're st- they're starting big next to KP, but I think it does uh, make you think a little bit more about the type of guys that they could you know, they could bring in. I don't think it changes anything with like Horford, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a second, but because like, Horford can fit that that definition also. Yes. But if you think of somebody like Demarcus uh, Cousins. Yes, Demarcus Cousins. I was thinking of like Valanciunas, and we don't really we we don't really like him. Also, but. he
0: also he. I guess he's a free agent, right? He turned down his option. Yeah. That's kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. More surprising, him or Harrison Barnes? I
0: haven't even thought about him as a free agent because I just assumed he was going to pick that option up. Yeah, I haven't either. It was like nineteen, uh, wasn't it like nineteen point eight. It was something like eighteen, nineteen. Who's who's losing more money, Valanciunas or Harrison Barnes? I'm going with Valanciunas. Yeah, I think so too. Actually, I mean, he's, but he's playing for the Grizzlies. Who are they spending money on besides Parsons?
1: I mean, they're probably going to sign him to, like, a three-year deal, but it'll probably be, like, 16 a year or something. I don't know. Interesting. Um, I don't forget who he's talking about. Porzingis. At the five. Yeah.
0: DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, yeah. He yeah. So, it's like,
1: some, like something like Cousins, you know, technically wouldn't work with that. But, yeah, I immediately thought of him playing alongside Dwight in that definition.
0: Yeah. So, you, you try to think of, okay, who do you think could play? Because it – you Porzingis is such a unique player, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about this so much, and we'll continue to talk about it because it's a great conversation. But you also have to now find a unique player to play next to him because Porzingis can do a lot of things, but you also want another player that can do the things that he doesn't do well, right, <laughs> in, yeah. in the front court, So you have to find now the opposite of that. You have to find a five on offense and a four on defense. How many players are out there like that? I mean – yeah, I don't know Draymond Green. Okay, would like a yeah, would a Draymond Green Brandon Clark type player? Would that be a guy?
1: I would love Draymond Green.
0: You need a, a guy that can roll and a guy that can defend on the perimeter. That's a yeah. weird guy that doesn't exist in the NBA right now, for sure. And because I mean, even if you think about
1: how would they, let's just say Philly gets Tobias Harris and and, and they obviously have Embiid. How do you defend that front court? Because do you you have to pick can Porzingis keep up with Tobias on the wing or Or do you want him, you know, like, well, yeah. Or do you, you know, obviously you probably have to just roll him against Embiid and say, you know, hope that he just doesn't get tossed around down there. And, or, you know, you don't want the, the constant physicality of Porzingis in the post going against all these tough guys. Now, not everybody's like Joel Embiid. So I get that.
0: I think one thing that I would like the Mavs off Mavs defense to do a little bit more that they weren't able to do this season is become more like the Warriors defense in the fact that when you watch the Warriors defense in the playoffs you have Draymond Green and he is just like pointing at guys all over the place and they kind of all it's not a zone but they kind of all stay in their area and then and when they switch things they're kind of just like letting a guy you know if he sets if he runs an Iverson cut which is like across the free throw line then the player that was on the wing that the guy started at will stay there and take the other guy that was you know setting the cross screen and so yeah. they'll just kind of stay in their spots and switch all these things and you really hope that the Mavericks defense can eventually do that where you have, you know, where if you're defending a team like the Sixers, if they have all four of those guys. When Ben Simmons is initiating the offense, Porzingis isn't going to guard him up there, right? You're going to have, you know, one of your wings, Dorian or whoever. And then yeah. as soon as he passes the ball off and goes to his dunker spot, which is like on the block and he did this. I did it. I actually did a whole video on this about what Simmons does when he's off the ball. I did it for free Dawkins. It's one of the funniest videos that I think I've done because it's just, it blew my mind how much, uh, when I watch Simmons, he just goes and stands in the spot of the block. That's when you have Porzingis just go guard him and become a help side defender because he can just, yeah. he can just run. That's run what he's great at too. And so you, you hope that the Mavs defense can become, you know, what is it palpable, Malle- malleable, where you can just like move around and have make sure that you have a guy that can tell everybody where to go on defense and to guard. Like, okay, Porzingis, now you go guard Simmons, and I'm gonna switch on to you know whoever you were guarding before, and all that. That's that's what you kind of need to guard a team like Philadelphia.
1: What uh, Coach Mosley and Rick and them design up for defense uh, next season? I'm super excited for. I'm super anxious to see. You know, how much that dif- that defense looks different with KP? We got to see how fluid KP is on the wing. You know what he's gonna look like. He hasn't played in what twenty months. Know. Uh, you know, can he get to a point to where you know he can keep up with some of these fours in the league and you know all that stuff? I mean, he's so big, he can recover. So yeah, I'm really curious on to see how they play with that.
0: Let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, free agent update from Brad Townsend that he tweeted during the award show, and then Chris Sheridan. And then we'll talk about the trade that happened in the NBA when we come back. All right, Isaac. So Brad Townsend tweeted out a free agency update. He confirms that Pat Beverly plans to meet with the Mavs among other suitors, but the time and place has not been scheduled yet. So Hmm. Patrick Beverly, apparently he said he was going to meet with like five teams. The Mavericks are apparently one of those teams.
1: If uh, you guys listened to the very end of yesterday's pod uh, uh, through the question uh, to Brad of if you uh, a week from now, it's like a Monday or Tuesday, uh, you know, a few day, a day after free agency, I asked Brad, I said, what's what's your prediction or what does mass free agency look like? And he paused for a bit and he's like, I think they split up the money. He said, I think there's a really good chance that Patrick Beverly is a Dallas Maverick. And so, like, that's the guy that, you know, he predictor that that he uh, chose to talk about. And, you know, he threw out there when he was talking about Vucevic and stuff. I thought that was a really, really key point to remember of Vucevic, Patrick Beverly, you know, having the same agent as Luka Doncic and Bill Bill, Bill Duffy. And the what I don't people draw the agent comparison or the the agent uh, links a lot. Yes, they, they, they talk about that a lot. But I I don't think so, a lot of people think about why an agent would want that. And if you take it a step further, and Brad did a little bit of saying, if you're Bill Duffy, your number one biggest client right now, especially moving forward in your future and how much uh, money you can make moving forward is Luka Doncic and what his career looks like in the NBA. Yeah. You know what will help make him a ton more money and, and everything is getting him in the playoffs and uh, – to an NBA championship at some point, so it's not just about oh, it agents. Again, <laughs> it's not just a bit about agents out there saying, "Hey, I got different clients. I'm gonna get my clients to play together, you know, for the fun of it." It's not just about that. It is how can they Don't maximize their Paul. Oh well okay that's true how can we maximize my best talent or my best client to where it can gain everybody more money and so yeah the patrick beverly thing you know we did talk about vucevic you know there for a bit and just his price point and and all that stuff the mutual interest between the two um before we move on i just want to mention can i mention the horford thing i think before
0: before you say that i think the agent thing gives you an advantage in that they have interacted with the team a lot on the inside level yeah. where they have seen how they treat Luca. They've seen how he's seen how you treat players. Because if you're an agent, you've only just heard from teams. You've only seen their best, you know, they put their best face forward when they, they meet you somewhere else in some event, like the NBA awards or, you know, something like that. And when you're, or during free agency where you lowballed, you know, them and all of a sudden they have a bad taste in your mouth, even though they're just trying to be frugal with their cap space. But when you have an agent that has a player in the organization, then they get to see all the inner workings of it and you can say, "Hey, Pat Beverly, like this is a class act organization, you know, that that on the basketball side that treats everybody well and does all these things great and all that kind of stuff." So, I think that is another advantage as well.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think it's a I think it's a role like during the season, especially of cuz a lot of this got brought to light when uh KCP signed with the Lakers. And how that gave them the inside track yes. to start kind of negotiations under the table with Rich Paul and like LeBron and all that stuff, and the Bill Duffy thing. You know, all Bill Duffy has to do is to roam up to the Mavs and say, "Hey, let's talk about Luka Doncic." And then if some other names come out, then that's just part. That's part of the business, you know. Like that's just what happens in in the league. So, um, how much
0: money did Caldwell Pope make?
1: Gosh, what? It was in the teens, right?
0: Yeah, he made seventeen million that first year in L.A. That's freaking insane. Twelve million <laughs> last year. How? Okay.
1: And he was he wearing like an ankle bracelet you.
0: <laughs> he couldn't play in certain home games.
1: <laughs> um. the The last thing I want to mention about Brad, you know, what Brad brought up, and I, I, at least, raised my eyebrows a little bit, was the Al Horford stuff, and that he was very clear of saying, you know, when I threw it out there of saying, "Hey, what's going on with Al yeah. Horford? Is any of this true?" Blah blah blah. And he said when I sent the text to the Mavericks, the text I got back was not really. And he made a point as far as not really are these exact rumors true. And he made a very clear point to say they did not fully shoot it down. Yes. And and so he was being very clear with that. Kind of the same sentiment that Tim McMahon had on Brian Winhorse pod, uh, outside of his tweets of man, I think I got lied to. I don't know. So <laughs> That's there's exactly what a I thought of yeah yeah so that there is a, there's definitely some uncertainty uh around that situation for sure, but if you haven't listened yet go listen to uh Brad yesterday and uh it's cool to you know get one of the few people that knows what's going on or has some sources and uh can give us a little insight under a week to go before free agency
0: it it felt like from the conversation that he he feels like they're gonna invest in a wing if they can and if they can't yeah. then they're gonna try to spread it out to like Patrick Beverly and a couple other guys.
1: Yes. That's kind of what I
0: got the the gist of.
1: Yeah. I I mean, if we're paraphrasing a lot or summarizing a lot, yeah, I think there's mutual interest with Vucevic. It depends on a price tag because he don't think Dallas is going to max him out. Uh, The Horford thing's up in the air. He doesn't think they have any shot at Malcolm Brogdon because him, along with the rest of us, uh, believe that Milwaukee's, you know, keep that. He has heard nothing about D'Angelo Russell and the Mavericks as far as those connections. And, you know, we talked about Kimba for a bit, but you know, I thought it was interesting that he doesn't think he'll get supermax from Charlotte, well, but I gave
0: that up himself. So
1: yeah, yeah. he can be giving that up. And, uh, but you know, how much would it cost for them to keep him and all that stuff too? So, um, yeah, super fun conversation. And I mean, we're literally like a matter of four or five days into free agency. So
0: 12, speaking of which Chris Sheridan, uh, I don't know who Chris Sheridan is with anymore. He was with ESPN oh, yeah. at one point. I feel like,
1: I can't remember who he's with anymore.
0: Uh, Currently with the New York Daily News. That is his... Yeah, he was with ESPN, AP. He had his own site, New York Daily News. Uh, He's been around for a long time. He said, a person close to the hashtag Mavs, which hashtag Mavs, why, just told me that Dallas is expecting to get a meeting with unrestricted free agent Kawhi Leonard. I thought two things when I saw this. First, I thought what I tweeted. Imagine Kawhi just sitting around and shooting Shark Tank ideas to Mark Cuban for, like, four hours. Because sometimes these meetings can last four hours. The, Mar- the Marcus Aldridge Lakers meeting lasted, like, four hours. <laughs> um, What kind of ideas would Kawhi Leonard have for Shark Tank? Oh, gosh. There's no telling. Okay. You know, like, you know, like, apple-bottom jeans? What if we had, like, apple-bottom shirts, too? And like, what if basketballs look like apples? And what if we had, you know, like what if I had sweatbands with apples on them? Uh, and what if I had, like, what if the NBA trophy looked like an apple instead of a basketball? <laughs> ha, ha ha ha
1: ha. You know an owner who would walk up to that meeting saying, "Hey, I'll I'll pay any price to get that." <laughs> To get that Claw logo
0: for you. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Mark Cuban. Uh, Steve Ballmer might be able to put up some more money than that. Though.
1: Okay, that's true. That's true. Okay,
0: the other thing that I thought of when I saw this Chris Sheridan tweet is, of course they do. Of course the Mavericks expect to get a meeting with Quiet Letter. Mark Cuban walks into any room and expects to get a meeting with everybody. Mark Cuban expects them to get a meeting with... With LeBron James, he expects them to get a meeting with Zion Williamson, even though he's not even going to be draft like a free agent for like ten years. He expects to get a meeting with everyone. That's how they operate. That's how he got to where he is. That's what I took from that. Of course, they expect that. Doesn't mean that they're going to get one. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't
1: want to be like yeah Debbie Downer about all of it, but I think you know when does it happen? You know, I think that's another thing because if happen? you're going to. If you're going, yeah. Well, just thinking. Okay, if it does happen, I think it's it, there's just so much. The Mavericks have so many different plans this, you know, this off season to where, yeah. Let's if the if it is a. Remember when Carmelo like had this like meeting, you know, with, with Dallas and his free agency stuff. But it, where he really wasn't considering Dallas, but he he put them in the meetings basically. Uh, different players have met with Dallas, but they just. You felt like they just didn't have a shot right, in when They it.
0: made a cartoon for Dwight Howard and it didn't work. Gosh, <laughs> how did that not work?
1: But the um, when Shaq started making Dwight Howard jokes, I got super nervous. Oh my <laughs> god! Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh, but no. So like, he my thing ass. is if you were just asking if it was. <laughs> If it was supposed to happen, when does it happen? Like, do you sacrifice the wee hours of free agency to take a, uh, you know, an obligatory...
0: He calls himself Superman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh,
1: To take a meeting with Kawhi when you might not have a shot, but it's like, yeah, I want to say in my heart, I want to say they only take the meeting if they think they honestly have a high percentage of getting him or a really good shot. No, but... I, at least uh, I don't think yeah yeah I don't I don't Absolutely think not. they do I the th-
0: Mavericks want to go into the summer and make themselves look like they are in these meetings. Want to make them just like that Car- Carmelo Anthony summer. They want to make themselves look like they belong in all these meetings. They belong in the conversations that, like okay KD, where does he want to go? He wants to go to you know LA or New York. Well, he wants to go to the Mavericks too because we're we're up there and we're in this. You know like that's what they want to do. They want to put them. They've been in. Not even mediocrity. They've been in obscurity for years now after Dirk, you know, moved into his twilight. And they haven't been a free agency contender for anyone I mean, <laughs> for for yeah. years now. And that is what Cuban loves more than anything is bringing in free agents. So they want to be – if they had the choice to meet with Kawhi Leonard, they will meet with him.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, it's just everything that we've heard and read about Kawhi and free agency. It was always the Clippers. And now, since he's won the title, Toronto, like Chris Haynes said, that Toronto's seriously being considered for him. And if it's down between those two, you have to ask the question: Why Dallas? You know, why? Why would you know? What does What does Kawhi want at this point? He has two rings, two finals, MVPs. You know. Yeah, so if it's those two things, I I get the the Dallas appeal from um, younger type of guys, uh, or maybe guys from like Kimball Walker, some veterans that haven't made the playoffs or haven't yeah. made like runs in the playoffs, or you know younger guys like if you want to say D'Angelo Russell or even a Tobias Harris or, or something Vooch. like that, that or Vooch, you know those guys that you know want to grow alongside these guys and win, so I get those appeals, but. For Kawhi, uh, I don't know now. If yeah, if it can't, comes out over the next few days, and it's hey, Kawhi is going to meet with Mark Cuban in the Mavs front office uh, in you know Southern California at five you know five oh one. He's their first meeting uh, in free agency. Now that's a little bit different. I think I would get a little bit more excited at that point. But
0: that's what I when need I would a little get bit excited. more than that. I think that would yes. be it. That, that would
1: be when my excitement meter would go. On. I I get the fun uh, nature of the tweet today from Sheridan, and a lot of people sent it to us, and uh, we really appreciate that, and it's super fun. But <laughs>
0: I love when people until, send it, stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Did you guys do this? Yes, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> But until Steiner or some of them tweets out that the Mavericks have a meeting
0: and it's happening and all that stuff, then uh, I'm not going to get too uh, excited about it. What I will get excited about is a random ass one for one player trade in the NBA that didn't make any sense. Atlanta gets Evan Turner and Portland gets Kent Bazemore, just two expiring players making you know ten plus million dollars, almost twenty million dollars each. And uh, why, Isaac? Tell me why.
1: Um, I want to say that if I had to pick the super. I want to say Kent Bazemore fits Portland better. Than Evan Turner, uh, he's a better three point shooter at least. So, uh, I did read, I th- felt like I read a little bit that Bazemore wanted to go play for a playoff team. And so Atlanta kind of granted that and, you know, traded that off and that, um, I read something or I saw something on Twitter that Atlanta might view Evan Turner as kind of like a backup point point and it would allow more playing time for their young wings like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, and those guys to where Bazemore's not really a ball handler type of guy, and Evan Turner is. So it's a weird trade. I don't know. I mean, Evan Turner, talking about a a, a Lakers buyout target.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is... Uh... For for you?
1: I mean, if he gets <laughs> bought out in March, I mean, that's a heck of a
0: pickup for somebody. Chris Vivalamore... He tweeted out, know that is. other reasons for Bazemore trade, according to sources, is it frees up playing time for recent additions in Herder, Hunter, and Reddish. Gives Bazemore an opportunity to play for a contender as his playing time with Hawks would decrease. So, the Hawks are doing Ken Bazemore solid, sending him to a playoff team. The, uh, <laughs> the Blazers are getting off of one of their more unplayable players in the playoffs that should be playable. He seems like a guy that would totally fit in the playoffs, and yet he was averaging like nine minutes a game towards the end of the playoffs. So Ken Bazemore is going to at least be able to shoot a little bit more. Uh, yeah, he's less of a playmaker than Evan Turner, but the shooting I think was definitely a premium. And so, yeah, we'll see. You know, I love random trades like this. One-for-one one player, no draft picks, no nothing. No frills, Isaac. No sweeteners. I kept on waiting
1: for like more details on it, but then it was just like, okay, like cool. That was it.
0: <laughs> we just want to trade. And they're both expiring contracts, so they're both going to be free agents after this next season. So. <laughs>
1: And speaking of aspiring contracts, not to go back to what Brad said, but I asked him about the Courtney Lee thing. If you saw it yesterday, he said, if you see something that happens with Courtney Lee, yes. then you know something's up. Then you know like it's happening. We like, will
0: celebrate more come. about Courtney Lee getting traded than we will about any other thing that happens for the Mavericks.
1: I would say <laughs> traded or waived or like stretched.
0: Yeah, if, they, if you stretch him, yeah. then they got real desperate and they really needed to get off of his money.
1: Yes, because... That contract could come in handy mid-season, you know, yes. if it, you know, for an expiring and all that stuff. And but if they stretch him and say, "Hey, we're going to pay him that four million dollars over the next three years," then that means Dallas is um, really, really up to something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, there you go. That's a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, like we always promise, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching, listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.